Thank you for taking time to listen to this message from New Life Community Church. We are located at 134 Lakewood Drive in Luling and invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 1030. Please visit our website at newlifeluling.com for more information on our ministries. We pray that this message will encourage you on your faith journey as you seek to live, understand, and share God's Word. Today's, today's scripture is from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 through 23. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servant said to him, See now, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command the servant to attend you to look for someone who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me someone who can play well, and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a warrior, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a kid, and sent them by his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has founded favor in my sight. And whenever the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, and Saul would feel better, and the evil spirit would depart from him. This is the word of, the, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Want to listen to the radio? Sure. Where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. Oh, here's my number. So call me, maybe. Like, I'm just, I mean, this is exhausting, you know? Like, we're 
Like ever. No! I think I was parked behind them uh, when they taped that. <clears throat> People sing out when they're in their car. And uh, singing changes you. Maybe not that much, but it will change you. Let's go to the Lord in spirit of prayer. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Now, for most of us, music has a, a strong influence on our lives. You can tell by the number of people who now wear earbuds. It's like, you know, people are walking down the street and they're listening to their own music, and you see that all the time. It's on the upsweep. There's more and more of it. Or you'll see uh, the popular, the most popular TV shows uh, that are on about music. Uh, there's The Voice and, of course, American Idol, where a guy from Louisiana won this time, uh, Lane Hardy from Livingston Parish. So, and then uh, there's uh, Beat Shazam, uh, there's Barney. Um, so, uh, and, and then there's this, this crazy music industry that's, that's multi-billion dollars industry that's out there. Now, even a kid's movie, an animated kid's movie called Sing, uses music as a premise. And uh, the summary of, it, of Sing goes like this. Set in a world like ours, I feel like I should use the voice. Set in a world like ours but entirely inhabited by animals, Sing stars Buster Moon, a koala who presides over a once grand theater that's fallen on hard times. And he has one final chance to restore his fading jewel to its former glory by producing the world's greatest singing competition. And so we've got some of the songs that uh, were sung. See if you know some of these. Blah, blah, blah. 
People say you're Humpty, you're really funny looking That's alright cause I get things cooking Working on to Johnny? <sighs> okay, these are not kids' songs. These are songs that are out there, but I guarantee your kids know the lyrics to a lot of these songs. And so, you know, for, for many of us, um, music is so strongly linked to events in our lives that, uh, that even with the songs that animated singers uh, sing, it brings you back sometimes. If it's an old song, it brings you back to a particular time. Uh, I used to have services in, in nursing homes and in other places, and uh, I noticed that they, the attendants would bring and wheel in some patients who I'm not sure if they knew where they were. Because they, they couldn't speak, they, but they were there. And so they would bring them there, but we'd start singing old hymns, and they would start singing the hymn. They, can't, they couldn't speak. They didn't know their name, but they remembered the songs that they sang, the hymns that they sang when they were young. So uh, couples have their favorite love songs that take them back through all the years together of all that they uh, have gone through. Sometimes we remember detailed song lyrics, but we can't remember what was on our grocery list that we left back home. You know, I kind of uh, like this next slide. The next slide. Next. Okay, here we go. My ability to remember song lyrics from the 80s far exceeds my ability to remember why I walked into the kitchen. So uh, we kind of uh, can identify with that a little bit. Um, we know that music has effect on most living things. There are people that will, who will sing to their plants or play music for their plants. We know, hear of farmers that play music for their cows so that they'll produce more milk or their chickens so that they'll produce more eggs. So there's some kind of effect. I guarantee you, I don't know what happened when Rhonda left at home, but before she left... I guarantee what she did is she told Alexa to go to Caleb and play music for our dog so that Rosie would not miss us while we were gone. I said, she doesn't know. She knows all the lyrics now to all the Christian songs. Well, in this summer worship series, I want us to look at what the Bible says about music and how it can make a significant difference in our Christian lives and in our worship of God. So this morning we're going to look at the effects of the sound of music. And so I, I, let me start with my own story. Some of y'all have heard different parts of this, so uh, bear with me. But when, when I was a youth, I always loved music, and I loved to sing, not out in front of people, but I loved to sing like in my room or something. So I learned how to play the guitar. I was about 14 when I first started to learn, and I started to sing um, 
some of the popular songs on the radio. I didn't care about uh, how good I was on guitar as long as it could accompany me uh, with my singing, but that was all in my room by myself because I was too shy to go out and do this anywhere else. And for me, it was a real release of emotions. You know, as a teenager, you got a lot of emotions, and so you need to let it out somehow, uh, and so that's what I was able to do. And I started writing music back then, and uh, writing music used both parts of your brain, uses the left and the right uh, hemispheres of your brain. And so um, when I would complete a song, there was almost like a catharsis, you know, just such the sense of accomplishment or the sense of feeling good, because I was able to express what it was that was going on inside of me. And so music really helped me through my teen years. I was talking to um, a drummer that's going to play with us on our next Coffee and Worship, and he was telling me the same thing happened to him. He said, that's why I took up drums, because in my teen years, it helped me make it all the way through. So God used music for me and led me, actually led me into the ministry because of it. Um, when a new associate minister, Kent Kilburn, came to our church at Munholland Methodist, you know, I heard that he played the guitar, he sang, he even cut albums. Remember those, those vinyl things? He even cut albums, you know, back in the day. And so that was a big deal when he came to our church, and, and he was there as the minister, the associate. And so he heard, my parents made sure that uh, he knew that I played the guitar. I was not volunteering anything. But he said, well, why don't you help me start a youth choir? So I said, okay. Now, I was, I was 18, and I wasn't living a Christian life. But it was through that ministry that I surrendered my life to Christ and, and used music as a way to express my faith. So um, I started writing Christian songs and, and even wrote a musical drama that the youth put on. And uh, after my call to ministry, I went to Asbury Theological Seminary, and I started a singing ministry with a friend of mine named Lee Allen. He uh, retired recently from our conference. He was... Uh, uh, this was back, this was in the 70s. This is a long time ago. This is in the days, y'all have heard of the Jesus movement? Have y'all ever heard of that? The Jesus movement was the time when a lot of uh, new music was being written by folk and rock artists. And so that was all uh, coming out and becoming popular. And so Lee and I uh, almost went into full-time music ministry, uh, but we felt, um, we felt a stronger call to enter the pastoral ministry. And so music has always been an expression of my calling. I just can't avoid it because God used music to change my life. So in our text, we read about how the spiritual songs of this shepherd boy soothe the moods of a king. Now, in 1 Samuel, uh, Israel, if you remember some of the story, Israel had settled into the promised land after being uh, uh, out in Egypt in exile, and then they came in back into the promised land. <clears throat> and after a series of ups and downs with leaders they called judges, they wanted a king. So God chose a young man named Saul, and he had the prophet Samuel go and anoint Saul. Saul was a good-looking guy. His head uh, and shoulders above everybody else. He was the kind of guy who'd say, oh, you'd make a good king. Well, that's why God appointed him as king. However, after uh, he was anointed by Samuel as Israel's first king, Saul ends up disobeying God on several occasions. And uh, God rejects him as king. And then he sends Samuel uh, to secretly anoint a new king who this time would be one who is after God's own heart. And so he chooses David, the youngest of eight brothers. 
and the least likely candidate to be the one to be a king. And so in the first part of 1 Samuel 16, if you go in there and you look at that first part of that chapter, this is when we're introduced to, to, to David and who he is. He hasn't gotten to Goliath yet or any of that, but he starts out with this time when he is first anointed by Samuel. And then the next few verses of chapter 16, King Saul is introduced to young David. Now Saul doesn't know anything about the fact that this guy is going to replace him sometime. He doesn't know anything about that. All he knows is that uh, he's not feeling too well lately. And uh, in chapter uh, 16, verse 14 through 18, it says, Now the Lord's spirit had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's servant said to him, look, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. If, you're, if our master just says the word, your servants will search for someone who knows how to play the lyre. The musician can play whenever the evil spirit from God is affecting you, and then you'll feel better. And Saul said to his servants, find me a good musician and bring him to me. One of the servants responded, well, I know that one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a good musician. He's a strong man and heroic. He's a warrior who speaks well, and he's good-looking too. I don't know why they added that in. It sounds funny, doesn't it? And he's good-looking too. But more importantly, the Lord is with him. So uh, scholars have, have struggled to understand what it meant that an evil spirit from the Lord tormented Saul. But I have seen people uh, from, uh, in, in physical agony because they were convicted of the sin in their life. Uh, we don't know if it was a psychological issue Saul had or, or whether it was uh, strictly a spiritual issue. But whatever the case, Saul's advisors felt that music was going to be the cure for his problem. And so verse 23 says, Whenever the evil spirit from God affected Saul, David would take the lyre and play it. Then Saul would relax and feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him alone. So we know that David was a skilled musician and singer. Uh, he wrote many of the psalms which were meant to be sung. You all have heard before. The psalms, is the, that's the song book of Israel. So all those, the, you've got the lyrics in here, but we don't know what the tunes were originally. But people have been rewriting some of that now. David played a stringed instrument called the lyre. It's kind of a cross between a harp and a guitar. I like to lean towards the guitar part, of course. Um, and David became king. He started uh, planning for the building of a temple, a great temple from God. And this great temple would have singers in it. And he had assigned thousands of people to choruses, chorals, uh, choirs, huge choirs to sing praises to God in worship. And that was David's doing, that he had set all this up. Now, keeping in mind the uh, calming effects of music on Saul, I, I, I researched some of the impact of the sound of music on our lives, and I found at least three ways of affecting us. One is that music affects our brains. And uh, there's a video that I found that I just felt like it said it well, so we're going to watch it. If your favorite song makes you cry, it is because it is literally changing your brain chemistry. <laughs> Anthony here for D News, and our relationship with music might be deeper than you think. Research has shown that brain waves will resonate with the beat of music, and that makes your breathing and your heartbeat 
actually try to match the beat of the song. Now humans and songbirds are the only two kinds of animals on earth that this happens to, which means on some fundamental level, we are wired to respond to music. Now this works in a lot of weird ways. It's been shown that listening to pleasant music boosts your serotonin, which is the brain chemical responsible for good feelings and regular bowel movements. So double score. Processing music is one of the few regular daily activities that we participate in that involve both hemispheres of the brain. You know, everybody usually has a dominant hemisphere, you know, that whole left brain, right brain thinker theory, but people who study music tend to use both hemispheres of their brain more, making them better at lateral thinking and creative problem solving. Listening to music also engages your hippocampus. Now that's the bit of your brain that handles long-term memory storage. And that's why listening to old songs sometimes brings back memories that you've forgotten. Even somebody with Alzheimer's and dementia can have recovered memories through listening to music. Now before you run off to tell everyone about the magical powers of your favorite Taylor Swift song, you should know that there are downsides to this connection too. For instance, have you ever made a dumb decision at a nightclub? Anyone? Maybe in terms of making new friends. You know, listening to sounds at volumes over 95 decibels can actually reduce your mental and physical reaction times by 20%. And club music usually plays at about 120 decibels. Louder music actually tends to increase alcohol sales in bars too. So really, it wasn't your fault. Oh, yeah. Everything was stacked yeah, against was. you. <laughs> you know, what's crazy is this stuff is all happening at a physical level. It's affecting our actual brain chemistry and body functions. But we don't know why exactly. Music therapy is a field of study that's popped up recently to research and document these connections and a ton of others, including music as a painkiller and as a possible way to kick addiction. Some of it seems a little spacey, flaky, maybe, but you can't deny that the connection is there. Well, I wanted you to see that, you know, because I, I think as a, as a preacher, we're always looking at ways, how can I effectively communicate the gospel? Now, the main way that we've done it is through words. And I know what too many words does to people, sort of, you know, like now, uh, so after you've talked for a while. But, but I also found that visually, we can use visual impact, and that's why I'll use videos, or that's why I'll use pictures. But also, it's the, it's the music. I found um, that there's something about music that can bypass our logic, our resistance to the gospel, and go over to the emotional side of us, and grab us emotionally. That's why there are times where we hear a song, and it grabs us by the heart, and we get goosebumps, or we cry, we feel the emotion of it. That's why altar calls are often given with songs that have a deep, powerful message. It's not a manipulation, it's a proclamation, so that good news can break through our resistance, and we can find life in Jesus Christ. So the second way that it begins to affect, our, affect us is that uh, music affects our health. And I have a very a much briefer uh, video for this uh, that I saw on the news. I just was getting ready for this sermon, and I just, this popped up on the news. For most people, music is an important part of life. It keeps us entertained while driving, browsing on the computer, and can even transform us into singers in the shower. Music can make you feel good, but can something so accessible help really sick people also feel better? 
Breast cancer is the most common type of cancer in women, and treatments like surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation have side effects, including pain, fatigue, nausea, and vomiting. Researchers in Taiwan had 60 women with breast cancer listen to music or ambient noise for five 30-minute sessions per week. The women who listened to music reported less pain, general fatigue, and other symptoms for up to six months. This was a small and short study, but if something almost everyone enjoys can help improve quality of life, it is well worth a try. Other studies show listening to music is associated with less stress and anxiety, which can be a positive effect on health. So there's something inside of us that God has created that, that resonates with the sound of music. Uh, and there are health benefits. You know, I found uh, uh, one article that had six ways singing is good for you. Uh, one is it boosts your immune system, it releases stress, it benefits your heart, it increases your energy, it improves your memory, it fosters clear thinking through correct breathing. Um, you know, whenever you go to a health club, what's going on? It's music. There's music that's in the background. Or people have put on their earphones so that they'll listen to their own music. And so there is this this connection with health and music, and uh, it actually does help. Well, the third thing is that music affects our spirit. For King Saul, listening to David's playing and singing affected him spiritually in a very positive way. Saul never repented of his sin against God, but David's music, which was usually about his relationship with God, would calm Saul down. So singing is often associated with the worship of God all through the Bible. In the early Methodist movement, we had Charles and John Wesley who wrote and sang their theology. Charles Wesley wrote over 6,000 hymns. Can you imagine that? writing? How can you come up with that many tunes? But uh, the way that he did that was that he would hang out outside the bars, of course, outside of the pubs, and he would hear the songs that they would sing in the pubs, and then he would put Christian music to it. So that when they would stand out on the street corner, corner and start to preach or play, sing this music, everybody knew the tune, but it was with new words. The first song that we sang, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, that's a Charles Wesley song, 6,000 hymns. Some say Charles uh, took songs uh, so that just so that people would learn uh, the theology of what we believed. And so there's something that, um, that happens within our our church service, and it's not just about the, the, the logical side of you read and you understand the lyrics, but there's something that you may have heard of when a, a singer or song is anointed. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, that someone is anointed. Wow, that's anointed singing or that's an anointed song. And it means something happens when they play or sing that moves people spiritually. And you can almost see it in the congregation. I mean, it's something that happens when they play or sing and that draws people closer to God. And they can make us laugh or cry or feel joy or hope when they sing. And sometimes it's the singer and sometimes it's the song. Sometimes it's often, sometimes it's not so often when you get this anointing that happens. But it's when someone submits whatever talent they have. It may not be great. It may be good. It may not be so good, but they submit that to the Holy Spirit, and God kind of supercharges it, amplifies it by the Spirit into a spiritual gift that's used to build up the body of Christ. Now, anointed singing goes beyond talent. It's not just about talent. I've known someone who could sing or play a song with musical perfection, 
but they would have less spiritual impact than a child who awkwardly sings, Jesus loves me, and brings the Spirit down in worship. There's something anointed that God does. So the sound of music can draw us closer to God, has all of these benefits, and brings spiritual healing to us when we're down, then, then why aren't we listening to it more? Now, and I'm talking about Christian music. Now, I have a challenge, you know, as a, whenever we preach, you know, there needs to be a point to it. And so that the point is, I want to challenge you to listen to Christian music for 30 days. I don't know what you usually listen to. Now, it, could, it can be uh, the contemporary Christian music. We've got a couple of great stations. Uh, K-Love is one a lot of people listen to. Uh, Life Songs is, uh, out from, comes out of New Orleans, so you'll get some of the more uh, local things that are happening. If you want to find a particular type of music. Now, if you don't like contemporary Christian, find Christian music that you like. If you like classical music, I challenge you to listen to Handel's Messiah for a month. And you'll be singing the Scripture by the time you're through. Some of the, it doesn't have to be during Easter or Christmas that you play that or listen to it. If you like, uh, I know some uh, like bluegrass country uh, or bluegrass music, uh, Christian music, you know, that is still, that's done in a bluegrass style. Whatever it is, you find your style. If you don't know, look at this locator that's up, the radiolocator.com, or if you have Alexa, ask Alexa. And it'll help, help you find that. It's funny. You know, we just say, you know, find uh, bluegrass uh, Christian music for me. It'll pull that up. But, I, but in, in the car and so forth, you know, listen to K-Love or, or Life Songs. And I want you to do that for 30 days. And I want you to start singing along with the songs. Start listening to what the songs are saying and singing with them. Now, if you're in your car, nobody's listening unless you rolled your windows down, which is crazy this time of year, and not have the air condition on, okay? But sing out, and sing out. Nobody knows how you're singing, good or bad, but sing it, because it will do something for you. A lot of the songs are based after Scripture, and it'll do something in your praise of God as well. So after 30 days, see if not only the hills come alive with the sound of music, but if you will too.